Hello, McDonald's. Can I take your order? Hey, uh, DoorDash driver here. I'm picking up an order for uh, Mr. Edwards. He pre-tipped me $300. I need six McChickens, two McRibs with A1 sauce, a large high C with no ice, and... You know, I'm not sure what this last item is. It it just says Thirsky? Welcome to episode 182 of Wolves Cast, the show that has to ask D'Lo if our podcast volume is loud enough. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. What? I can't hear you. What? I'm Neil. Oh, okay. I'm Scott. Okay, there we go. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, turn it up. Put it on your uh, put it on your loudspeakers at home. You know, crank the crank the PA because uh, well, Scott's going to be a loud ass show. That's all. That's all. That's all we know here. I'm. Th- I'm just grateful, Neil. Uh, you know how much preparation we do for every episode. You Tons. know, we have the the script for our show locked in seven days beforehand, a full week in advance, and so I was just so worried prepared. that uh, the trade deadline might throw a wrench in our plans, and then we'd be scrambling and having to like come up with the whole show outline like an hour or two before. Uh, recording, which would really just be a chaotic way to go about managing and recording your podcast. No, no, we, we're not going to have that problem today, Scott. Uh, there was there was no business, no business done for the wolves. So it's a good thing that we uh, got ahead of things and uh, prepped early for this one. It's still like maybe I feel like it may be the only day, maybe around draft time as well. But we're like, yeah. I'll wake up and I'll have like sixty text me- messages. Like my wife, Meg. Hey, Meg. She gets text messages all the time. I don't know how she lives like that. She's in all these groups <laughs> with her friends and stuff. I get maybe three texts a day tops. And so, like, today I got more text messages from Neil and Robert. Hey, Rob. Yo, Rob. Uh, I got more text messages from them than I do, in an, like, on average in a month. Yeah, a lot of action. But, yeah, you're right. Like, draft day is also, you know, that you know the day of the draft. A lot of deals can go down. A lot of scuttlebutt of, oh, so-and-so is moving up, you know, or, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's one of, the, one of the busiest days. You know, obviously, free agency can be a big one as well. But uh, it's rare, though, you see. The uh, the immediate after effects of a trade on your team, like uh, like Sacramento, us playing a team that just traded away a bunch of guys, and we got to come in there and get a game against yeah. them with none of their guys, and then we got a game with their new guys. So we'll talk about totally. that though. We're obviously going to recap a pretty good week for the Timberwolves. I felt pretty good about the week. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, didn't feel very good about Bally Sports at this week, but maybe <laughs> we'll talk about complain about that. Uh, we'll do our normal full court press. We got some great topics this week, including the trade deadline. Guess we got to talk about it anyways, yeah. even though the Wolves did didn't do a whole lot, but hey, sometimes doing nothing is a real cool hand. Yeah, uh, Scott, you pulled some buyout uh, lists. So that's we'll, right. We'll, we'll get to those. We, you know? Normally something the Timberwolves don't, are on the other side of. Normally we are buying guys out. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Towns All-Star Game. Uh, he's, he's on a team now. He's got some other uh, activities going to participate in. And then we got to talk about the topic of the week, D-Lo's comments about the fans. We're fans. This podcast, I, sometimes I tell people this isn't a podcast about the Timberwolves. It's a, it's a, it's a podcast about being a Timberwolves fan. So we got to... Way to put it. Give it the fans' perspective. Uh, then we're going to revisit some predictions, see how we did. We're going to make some more predictions for both the All Star game and the rest of the season. And we'll end with Wolfies in a game like always. So we have a great Ooh. episode. I'm very excited about this episode. Now that is a preview right there. That's a teaser, y'all. Stick around for this uh, wonderful episode of Wolves Cast. We're starting with week recap. That's what we do. Team is uh, 29 and 26. 
right now. And uh, six wins away from that Vegas over under. Ooh, yeah, good point. Go, getting the over at it is. Yeah, well, I think that's uh, it's going to happen. But uh, for the first time this season, according to Clean the Glass, uh, the Timberwolves have a higher offensive rating than a defensive rating. They are ninth <gasps> in offense, twelfth in defense. Uh, but the net rating continues to go up. They're up to 11th uh, after being 12th last week. Statistics are fun. That is the new most common drop on this show, everybody. It's 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 uh it's it, it can be used for so many things. It's true. Whenever we get into uh, the numbers, because like I said, you know, for a podcast that tries to keep it pretty casual, sometimes we get a little numbers heavy. But just trying to tell you where things are. But yeah, exactly. the team went uh, three and one this week against uh, that super soft bottom feeder type of. Type of schedule, uh, back-to-back against Detroit, and then a very strange another back-to-back. <laughs> right, that's uh, that doesn't happen very often, is you know dual dual back-to-backs, but it happened this week for the Wolves. Um, so. Started with a uh, away home back-to-back. Uh-huh. That was uh, at Detroit on Friday, and well, actually, it wasn't it was Friday. Thursday, Thursday, yeah, yeah, yeah because uh, Detroit had to play the Celtics in between playing oh, yeah, us. That's so, another weird thing. Yeah. yeah, tough week for Detroit. That's a lot of games to play, but uh, the Wolves took care of business. But I feel like we could talk about both Detroit games at the same yeah, time. Let's do both and both because in my head they're kind of running together anyways. Yeah, yeah, both of them were pretty ugly. But you know, if you're gonna be a team that goes to the playoffs and beats bad teams, you're gonna get ugly wins. You know, just like the Timberwolves used to be really bad and they get ugly wins. <laughs> I mean, ugly losses, <laughs> ugly losses, or beautiful well. losses sometimes. I don't know what the opposite is of an ugly win, a beautiful loss. We get lots of beautiful moral victories as it is. But uh, yeah, no, this is a Detroit team that's on the come up. Uh, Cade Cunningham not playing. Jeremy Grant back for these games. I was upset we didn't get to watch Cade. Uh, yeah, just both. I'm not going out of my way to watch Detroit Pistons games if well, there's he's not missed, the Timberwolves. He's missed a bunch too. Even if you did go out of your way, you'd be like, oh, he's not, he's not in. <laughs> exactly. But sometimes, you know, you don't want to risk it with your rookie. And it's better to tank by sitting players, right? <laughs> Detroit's still got to think about next year's number one pick. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was. Uh, this is kind of a physical team. I was a little surprised. They're kind of bulky. A lot of a lot of big guys throwing their weight around. Yeah, they have. Uh, you know, Isaiah Stewart is a nice young big for them, and uh, you know, I guess they got Olinick and uh, some other guys in there. But uh, Anthony Edwards got to size up his uh, rising stars teammate, uh, uh-huh. Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay in the house. Yeah, shooter man. That, uh, being at the game on on uh, on Sunday, and he he was really good in that game, especially on Sunday, and and it was impressive to see him in person. He is, he is built, man. I thought he was more of like a two, three guard. No, he's like a three, four. He's huge. He's like he, he's he's ripped too. So I'm, I was impressed with uh, Bay, you know, physically and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think you know the Wolves. They had some issues in Detroit. Um, you know, they were they were up uh, sixteen with four minutes left, but then the Pistons went on this crazy run and like made it close. So that game was a little scarier. Whereas Sunday at home. Um, you know, Crunch's birthday. Uh, the team was inspired clearly by uh, you know by the party that was happening on the court. Um, I was surprised. Uh, I, did you go to Crunch's birthday? Yeah, no, you're yeah, always at the game Sunday. Yeah, I didn't get the report from you. I'm a little disappointed. But it, uh, Jared, friend of the show, it, I tweeted it. Yeah. Uh, took a photo of all the mascots out on the oh, floor. Oh yeah, I was surprised. There's a lot more NBA mascots than I thought. We thought to keep it local because of COVID. They do both. Of they, course, every local mascot shows up. Yeah. You got to represent there. But they're uh, always there. And the one that I always forget is uh, Madonna. The Saints mascot. Oh yeah, the Madonna. Big pink pig. Yeah, you gotta have Madonna. I love her. Uh, I always forget about that one. Oh yeah, she's great. She's yeah. a, she's a blast. But uh, I was surprised. You know, I was looking at the photo, and it's all these mascots. A bunch of different never sports. Seen for Crunch's birthday. Yeah, I mean, we had Hooper. We talked about how he's kind of lame. He's the Pistons mascot. But that's awesome because that team's in the building. It's yeah, like he's um, there. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, I was looking at it and I was like, you know what's really weird is the Suns gorilla, Go Gorilla. He really stands out just because like everyone else is wearing like a giant suit and he's wearing like. 
a Halloween costume, basically. It's very simple. And, and I just wonder, is he like very happy that he's like, I get to travel places, I don't have to put on this giant suit, I don't have to worry about my head hitting the top of a doorway or anything. Yeah. Real simple. Or does he feel left out? Is he like, man, everyone here has a cool suit, but I gotta just be the gorilla. I think he's such a classic, and I think he just comes from an older era, maybe. I think he might, I don't know the exact history, but I think he might have been like one of the first mascots, because the Suns have been around since like the 70s and stuff, so, and I, I know from like NBA Jam, he was one of the first ones in there and stuff so yeah it must be nice to be him though because like you're saying he doesn't have this bulk to him and and therefore he can like do more stuff especially like for dunk i think he's like the gorilla is like the most known mascot for dunking like no mascot has a better i not that i, have, I can like know what his dunks are but yeah. he like jumped through, through fire hoops and stuff like that like he is the dunking mascot he's the extra little bit of and mobility the really part helps. Of yeah. yeah absolutely i think nba jam every time i think of him but uh i just imagine i was in the drum line in college and we all had to haul our drums around everywhere it was just mm. like buses and big cases and stuff like that i bet he could fit his gorilla suit in his backpack well and you know in his carry-on he well, travels by himself maybe one of the other mascots was bernie the the miami heat mascot yeah, that's he's the opposite one. and he's that we were literally talking about that at the game is like how do you travel with that thing <laughs> man like because he's got like this hula hoop belly kind of like the philly fanatic or whatever you can yeah. like wiggle it around this huge head and stuff and it's just like massive it was, that takes a like a big shipping crate or something like that but yeah who else do we have we had grizz we had um i, I tweeted them out yeah we had Hooper, we had uh, the gorilla, we had the coyote. That was my favorite one. Coyote's I've never great. seen the coyote in person. He, his eyes come off. He's just he's just incredible. He's got the crazy eyes. Um, and uh, yeah, that was about it. There was uh, a couple more. Did you say uh, the Grizz? Grizz? Yep, Grizz. Grizz was there, and uh, Bernie and Hooper, and yeah. So there was like six local mascots and like six NBA mascots. And, oh, the Hawk, um, whose name I believe is Larry or Harry, Herbie, uh, something like that. Maybe it's Harry. Harry Hawk. I think Harry Hawk works. <laughs> Harry Hawk. So yeah, it was a good collection of mascots. They played a really fun game of like elimination in between all the um, different breaks. So it was like an ongoing kind of game. Wow. Like come back to, and then there's one grand champion, which of course was uh, Crunch. Uh, so <laughs> you know they did the little dance along thing, or they did like a big dance routine with the dancers, uh, with the dancing team, and then they also had the inflatable mascots come out, you know, oh, and run around. Air so, Crunch and Chomper. Did you get both the big and the little one? Uh, yes, we did, um, but not all the other mascots had their own. Like sure. Bernie, Bernie didn't have a, um, an inflatable guy, like a little mini guy. So yeah, Crunch's birthday. That's that's a huge part of this game. Um, um, so the Wolves take two from Detroit. Uh, it, that, I feel like that Sunday game was just more the Wolves just kind of taking care of business, and the game didn't necessarily feel, especially in the second half, like it was uh, you know in peril. <laughs> so that's good that uh, the Wolves well, got both it was, of those. Uh, you know. As I guess should be assumed with Crunch's birthday, you could do the afternoon game. All the kids can come. You oh, know, yeah. it's not a school night or nothing like that. So it really, worked too. Very busy game. Yeah, very busy. game. Definitely a huge draw. But uh, yeah, that, I think that that was also maybe a reason for some of the lacklusterness. Is I always think sure. the, the energy for afternoon games is terrible. And I, if you've been listening to the pod for any amount of time, you know that uh, we lose every single matinee game. It's such a trap for the Timberwolves. And I've always wondered why is it the Wolves? Because because they're a young team. Both usually. teams should be suffering from the Sunday afternoon yeah. doldrums and. We We've seen some terrible games on Sundays that we've gone to. I, I remember one of the worst games we've ever seen in person was a Wolves-Suns Sunday afternoon game. But 
Uh, I hate the Sunday afternoon game, so I was really glad to get a win there because it feels like we lose almost every one of those. Yeah, those are rough. Um, so then the Wolves uh, took it on the road for their next back-to-back, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, a, a real back-to-back, uh, same team, but then also uh, you know, uh, on the road. consecutive days in uh, Golden One uh, Center, I think? Golden One Center, Golden One Arena. Sleep train. Uh, I miss no that. More. I miss no more. No more sleep train. train. But they are still advertising mattresses um, as like a team sponsor or something, so don't worry about that. That's good. As well as Blue All Almonds, or Blue Diamond Almonds, which yeah. is like their jersey sponsor. Yeah, it was. Love I'm that. not sure if it still is. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the Wolves, yeah, this was uh, this was interesting because on the day of the game, um, I believe uh, the the team, the Sacramento, made yep. the made the Sabonis uh, Halliburton deal. So uh, crazy deal. A lot of players moving around because yeah. it wasn't just if you were just swapping one player, one for one, you know, right. then maybe the team could adjust. But they were playing. They were down. Like six team, no Halliburton. Six guys. Like nobody healed. Yeah. There was a third Kings player that got sent out too that I don't remember so yeah a lot of guys missing um De'Aaron Fox came back though and yep. so that's kind of a big uh big addition to the Kings team because he really lit us up I mean Jim and D- Dave Benz were saying hey uh he's hit 25 percent of his threes this season <laughs> you know he he hasn't hit like more than two in a game and then he hit four against us yeah, so it's like oh, of course he's they're back. falling for him but he's there. and maybe you know with Halbert and off the team he feels more confident he's like this is my team now you know yeah. I don't know what it is but Either way, it didn't make a huge difference because this one turned out into a laugher. It was kind of a blowout. You know, we got some third string run, you know, going in the mm. end of the game. Yeah. We were up by 20 for most of the fourth. So it was good to see, you know, laymen get out there and stuff like that. Yeah, this was Nate uh, Knight. This Nate game, Knight. This was probably the most like you know, you know, you know, cut and dry. Like before the game even starts, this thing was a wrap. You know, for the for the team for Sacramento only having nine guys. Then Mo oh, Harkless turned his ankle. They have eight guys at that. Yeah. Um, but this was the three point shooting game. Beasley seven of eight. Um, you know, ties a career high of seven made threes. I think the team hit twenty two of forty four from three in this game. So uh, they had nineteen threes through the third quarter. That was it was a wrap. So you know, t- just just red hot. Uh, out there in Sacramento, and you know they were they were very shorthanded, uh, despite having their superstar, their star back in the game with uh, De'Aaron Fox. But they got the wind on their back for game two because Ooh. it was it was a last minute announcement. It was like yeah. right before the deadline, so the Wolves didn't even have time to do the scouting report. They couldn't do a shoot around or a walkthrough or even plan how we're going to guard a guy like Domo and this team. You know, Domo's yeah. a bonus. And so, uh, you know, it's always tough when, you know, you can't scout the other team. I also think it's dangerous whenever there's a just a, like a team that just rolls the ball out there and it's like, we don't really know the playbook. You're new on this team, so we're just going to go out there and ball. I feel like those are really dangerous situations for teams that, you know, aren't yep. used to that because we've seen the Wolves like get caught up in these kind of playground games and then you lose. Yeah, totally, and that's what happened. You know, that's that's how it went down here. I mean, the team. I mean, I think after the game, uh, John Krasinski tweeted something about this. Of like, the Wolves had this game last last year or two years ago when uh, they made that trade for Beasley, and then they played the Clippers and yeah. <laughs> blew the doors off totally. them. So that's like, such a fun game. Same kind of energy here, I think, for for the Kings in their home building. Sabonis comes in. You know, Holiday gets the start too. Um, but man, you immediately felt the upgrade of Sabonis in this game. I mean, I was kind of poo pooing it on Twitter, saying you know. Kings are going to be, you know, you know, sort of right in the middle, right in the, you know, where you don't want to be in the league, and it doesn't really move the needle too much for them. But Sabonis is a clear upgrade for them, and just such a fantastic passer and screener. I mean, they, they cleaned. He us, was diamond guys. They cleaned our clock on the boards and in the paint. Uh, yeah. seventy-two to fifty-two paint advantage, and they had uh, fifty-one boards. We had thirty-four. Mm-hmm. So that's Sabonis for you. You know, he's he's hoovering up all those ones, and then you got Netu and stuff. 
Metcalf having some uh, frisky moments as well. Oh, yeah, he was great. So I'm happy for the Sacramento Kings fans. I want to give a shout out that uh, we saw the image of everyone holding up the signs behind the Kings broadcast crew. Divac. And one of them. <laughs> I really appreciated the one because this is something that us as Wolves fans would do. Like, welcome you, to hell. You, yeah, the welcome to hell sign because <laughs> it's actually a reference to team history. That's what Mitch Ridgman got told oh, when he funny. came there is welcome to hell. And then when George Carl got hired, that's what Rudy Gay said to him. So it's kind of like a history running joke uh, for the franchise of yeah. welcome to hell. You're in Sacramento. So <laughs> I, I got a lot of love for Sacramento Kings fans because, you know, there but by the grace of God go us, you know? No, we're very we're very connected to that team. We, we, uh, we have the same we, we can't think that we're like above them in any way. Like I was a little right jealous. Now, they get the they get to wear the championship thing on the nape of their neck, yeah. even though they haven't won one in like a hundred years. Yeah, Kansas City, I think when, yeah, they, when they did it. But uh, one thing I also yeah. So the Wolves, you know, they kind of they kept it close here. You know, Kings kind of went in front before halftime. Wolves got back in the game by a nice third quarter by Russell. I think he had like fourteen points, fifteen points in the in the third quarter. He was hitting threes. But then it just kind of all fell apart at the end, and and uh, you know, and the Wolves just just really couldn't defend well enough, and and weren't hitting shots either. So they really couldn't stop yeah. them getting in the paint. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was tough. I uh, I watched uh, this in a weird way. I kind of started after, um, and I uh, was ca- catching up, and I could only watch the Sacramento broadcast. It was awesome. Mark Jones, you know, Mark Jones from ESPN. This guy, he's oh, a yeah. uh, he's like a ESPN broadcaster, but he also calls Kings games. He's like such a pro. I loved him. I got a drop from, from him, and I. I wonder uh, what you think about this one, Scott. Put the T and T wolves right there. <laughs> that was when Finch got the tech. I mean, okay, I, know I like we, that. I know we don't like T wolves. No, we don't like T wolves. I was about to hate tea, that. Tea but with that, I kind of love it if it's for a tech. Yeah, we got to keep that on the soundboard because <laughs> yeah, it was a chippy game. We had some referee really issues. Really, but that that was from the goaltend, the yeah. crazy Metu goaltend, where he like caught it on the way down. Yeah, uh, Jim Pete was very unhappy. He was very yeah. cranky on the mic. I hope that he's and feeling he healthy. I would way. hate for him to be coming down with anything. You know, yeah, be careful, COVID. Uh, but. I, <laughs> Um, I do think that the the fouls were clearly getting into the Timberwolves heads last night and it's been tough because I mean I was thinking about the game before the first Sacramento game Harrison Barnes was 12 for 12 from the free throw line the Timberwolves are 12 for 17 (laughs) so it was just like Harrison Barnes almost shot as many free throws as the Wolves did all night and I saw a stat that Cat has only gotten five free free throws in the last three games seems weird because he's driving it like 10 times a game you know you would think that he would maybe get fouled at some point It's, it's really weird that all the fouls were on one side of the ball and not the other. So uh, apparently I saw Dane Moore tweeted this past week that the Wolves have been in deep com- or going back and forth with the league ever since that Atlanta yeah, game where yeah, yeah. we talked about that. That was when I made the the referee haters club his back. Uh, yeah, yes. I, had to, I had to reinstate it because yeah, yeah. they kicked out Ant for no reason and teed up everybody and it was just a disgusting thing. So the Timberwolves know, the league knows that there's, there's uh, you know, some bad blood there. And I thought the calls are getting better ever since that Atlanta game, but I think it was kind of in Sacramento. In this Sacramento game, I think it was kind of going both ways. Like both teams had beef with that refing crew. I think they were just having a bad night. Yeah, there was no bias. I think it was just kind of like, man, they were missing stuff. Something to keep an eye on, though. I uh, like I said, I was like after the Atlanta game, I was ready. President of the referee hating club over here, and they, they were they were on their best behavior for a while. But now, now I've got my eye back on them. We'll yeah. have to see if they can make up for that. Yeah, the the radar is on again. Same with Ant, like. Man, he how many layups did he miss? You tell me he didn't get bumped on any of those? Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. All right, time to get to full court press. Here's the tip. 
All right, today is Thursday, February 10th, and the trade deadline, the trading deadline, excuse me, shout out to Britt Robson, I like to say trading deadline, and I like to also say collegiate draft, um, because that's how he writes it in his columns. Um, But we have the trading deadline, and uh, as kind of expected, I would say, the Wolves uh, kept their powder dry here today. Uh, seems like everyone else made a deal, though. It was very busy trade deadline. That was kind of surprising. You know, I didn't know how how much of that there would be. Um, just given just given you know the just the way the league is right now, with you know a lot of teams kind of thinking that they're in it, and you know with uh, you know kind of the way that the play in tournament works and stuff like that. It's, I wonder know. how many uh, trades there would be though if you took out the Trailblazers and the Wizards, because it seemed like a lot of trades were coming from Washington and, and Kings, such. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah There's a couple teams that were especially busy. A couple teams ready. Uh, to blow it up um, yeah totally although i guess like you know i was thinking when we were watching the kings game i was thinking well they got Sabonis, and they were talking about how this is a win now move this isn't a win in the future move because you would keep the rookie the young guy on his rookie contract if you're planning mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. winning in the future this is a win now move so why would they also trade harrison barnes then because that's right once so, they did that it was like the yeah harrison stay. he's staying yeah so that makes sense but yeah no uh no jeremy grant uh, he didn't get moved. Um, no, Eric Gordon. Eric I was Gordon, really expecting yeah, that's him. Another one. Yeah, I yeah. saw someone suggested that uh, Ant wouldn't be enough to get Eric Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that tweet made its rounds. What? Uh, okay. Uh, but yes, uh, I mean technically, yeah. I mean Eric Gordon makes uh, you know twenty million dollars. Yeah, so I guess. I guess can't match salary there. Uh, he said that Ant's lack of playoff experience was <laughs> the thing against him. <laughs> Let's see. Um, so yeah, the Wolves did not do anything, and I think that's um, that's what most Wolves fans were into. I mean, and it seemed that that was even more um, like going to happen when the team basically you know they won or excuse me they lost the other night but up until that point they had a five game winning streak things yep. were good looked like the bench was you know the bench was playing well Beasley was hitting shots Prince is playing better so you have like these guys like oh yeah these are the guys you trade and it's you know I don't know you don't want to be too short sighted and say oh they're good now but it's just like yeah well, we can ro- we can rock with this and I think overall it just came down to um, you know the Timberwolves aren't like they already are kind of set where, where they are I feel like by making a move to get better it w- doesn't maybe move the needle that much as far as like the playoffs go for them and they would have had to like give up a first round pick or something like that so you know we don't know what was on the table so that's kind of hard about when there's no when there's nothing made it's like okay we don't we don't get the no- <laughs> to know what was being offered or discussed yeah but it just seems like they didn't have anyone that was like obvious to to move on from other than prince's big salary um you know the other teams would want and stuff like that and it wasn't necessarily worth like getting a guy like harrison barnes or something like that and, and, and trading a first round pick for it yeah I didn't want to expect anything like a Marcus Smart trade or anything like that I'm glad we dodged yeah. that Josh Richardson bullet although the Celtics paid a lot to get off of that so I just didn't want him to come here and like a straight yeah. up like Beasley for Richardson thing sure. the only thing I was a little bit disappointed about because I agree with you like I've talked about any times on this podcast about how I believe this team is held together by superstition in my mind like if you change any part of this like maybe it'll all crumble you know like a house of cards and yeah. so I'm okay with staying pat especially because like you said with Prince playing well almost your entire rotation is going great right now everyone's got great chemistry you don't want to mess with that my only thing is I kind of like the idea, especially seeing that Charlotte gave away nothing to get Montrez Harrell. Yeah. That was the only thing I, because Nas is, he's been very inconsistent. And as we saw against the Kings, if Nas goes out, you know, he got injured a little bit. Thankfully, he goes back later in the game. But if Nas goes down, then you're going to Nate Knight. And I don't think a playoff team should really be giving minutes to Nate Knight. You know, yeah. all re- due respect to Nate Knight. I mean, you won me a predicted. I really appreciate it, big guy. 
and he's fun to watch. But uh, that was the one thing of weakness is I'm like, man, if we could shore that up with Trez, like I know he's not very good on defense, but if you bring him in in the backup unit, replace Nas's minutes with his minutes, that's buckets, you know? Yeah, that could have been. That's that's kind of yeah the one area that you would have maybe seen. Yeah, bring in another big body. They basically gave him away for free. You yeah. Know? Ish Smith when came back to them. <laughs> yeah, just kind of a salary dump situation. But yeah, and I think that kind of segues nicely into your list of buyout, you know, people here. Yeah, I because guess the only other thing, the thing would be like if we talk about some other teams in the Western Conference got better, like man, I'm I'm not sure. I'm too I mean the Pelicans have been surging. They're in the play in spot now, and now they have CJ oh, McCollum. So there's a case the nine or you nine feel seed, like uh, Portland is definitely kind of you know, conceded the season with these trades. So you have to worry about Portland a little less. You have to worry about the Clippers a little more. They added some, you know, some nice pieces. So there's some of our guys that we have to worry about you know are you but, talking about for this season or talking about, about this season just the guys we're competing with for the you know standings this season thankfully the lakers didn't get any better but you know yeah clippers is interesting because it does kind of seem like you know we'll see on paul george but it seems like Kawhi's not coming back um but yeah they added they got better um you know here you know they traded yeah. for present value you know they traded um, you know, they, they got Rocco, they got Dwight Powell, Norman uh, Powell, normal Powell. Yeah. And then, then they get one other guy, Roddy Hood. I think they got today. Yeah. Which so, is funny. Cause I think Powell and Hood were traded for each other. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 Portland. But yeah, they are, um, yeah, they're kind of loading up with some depth pieces, even though it's probably a little bit more with an eye on next year. Uh, potentially, you know, I, I think, you know, Powell was the guy they really wanted to get. He signed for a bunch of years. Covington's expiring. We'll see if he comes back next year, but yeah, the Clippers, I think got, got better. And I guess you kind of have to think about the Mavs. That's a team where right yeah. on the heels of they uh obviously got rid of Kristaps mo- brought in Spencer oh. Dinwiddie who's not having a great season but and they also Bertans. got and Bertans you know who could actually be a really good shooter for them so it's hard to know how much better they got today but it feels like they took a step forward well, De- uh, Denver didn't they do changed too much. so much too like they moved their second best player like they might be as good like you could argue that they're like even or maybe they're even better but like you know kind of what we're talking about the wolves like it might it might take a while for them to get to that point. Like they might have to take a step back before they ultimately go forward. So, yeah. so that's another you know close competitor. We're competing for them for the five six spot in the West. So yeah, West. I want to but, keep an eye on. Yeah, and then you know no real big moves for the for the West. Um, you know the top of the West. You know we have the top of the East make a lot of moves. I think. Yep. Um, you know with Philly and Brooklyn and even Milwaukee kind of getting in there a little bit, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I think yeah, it was a lot of moves, a lot more moves than we thought today for the trade deadline. But let's get to some buyout guys, Scott, that uh, the Wolves could look at, especially, you know, maybe some of those big bodies who you think uh, who you think that uh, might be available here. Yeah, we're pulling from a list from John Hollinger. He listed some stuff on The Athletic and just giving credit to where it's due. Um, you know, I'll just maybe I'll just read some names out. We got like, obviously John yeah. Wall's not going to come here, but like Gary Harris from the magic. I've always liked Gary Harris. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't get traded today. Robert, Robin Lopez. Well, the, uh, the article about John Hollinger wrote was saying like, why would you trade for Gary Harris and his like $10 million contract when you think you can get him for $500,000 at the buyout. So sometimes the buyout kind of works oh, against, you know, yep. the player's trade value. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Robin Lopez, I think would be interesting. There's a couple bigs, uh, Enos freedom, Tristan Thompson, Paul Millsap. So if we're looking for a guy to, if we're worried about the Nas minutes, like I said, those are some big guys who could, uh, you know, probably contribute who will probably be waived, right? Some of the, I know Enos was free. was, um, he's already been today, waived. Yeah. But, I think um, Tristan might already be done too. Yeah. And then Paul Millsap, he was in the Nets trade with uh, yes, with Philly today. With Philly, so we'll see what Philly does. They have got actually, I don't know what they're going to do. They got rid of Drummond, so we'll see what happens. But uh, it seems like there'll be some bigs on the market. You know, there's enough buyout guys that you know. 
obviously most of them will go to the Lakers and the Nets and the championship contenders, but I think there's enough of them that we the Wolves would stand a chance of picking up someone that could contribute if we wanted to. Yeah, and I think a lot of those like top teams too necessarily don't you know they those those teams kind of usually need to add more um, you know wings if possible or um, playmakers and stuff, whereas bigs are a little bit more dime a dozen and a little bit more available, and uh, teams kind of usually have you know, have a lot of those bodies around sometimes. So I thought um, it was, yeah. was interesting. The very bare end of his list, he listed two wolves that we traded away this season. Jarrett Culver, Wancho Hernan Gomez, both looking at buyouts right now. And you got to say like, man, Rosas, you left us a gift. You left us a gift with that Pat Bev trade. What a great trade. Traded two players that are going to get waived and uh, for a guy who's been contributing like crazy. And now if we want Culver or Wancho, we can pick them up for free. I think Wancho has been traded four times this season. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, at least he can go to the red carpet premiere of the Adam Sandler movie that's coming up. The trailer's out. He's hitting up. All right, next we're on to the All-Star game. we got Carl Towns news, you guys. Carl Towns is going to be uh, all over uh, Cleveland uh, here coming up uh, next week, next weekend um, as we record this. Uh, so uh, let's start with uh, the, the draft, Scott. You said you got to watch the draft just before we uh, – Got on the mics here, uh, I believe on TNT, as uh, uh, Kevin Durant and LeBron James drafted their uh, squads for the for the All Star Game uh, next Sunday. So, uh, what team? Right. Uh, who drafted Towns? Who's going to be playing with? And uh, yeah, what, what do you have to report from the draft? Uh, I'll just say two things that I'm going to try and keep this as Timberwolves related as possible. That's right. Two that's things right. to say about this. One. Uh, I think it was unfair that LeBron got two picks before KD got one because LeBron, obviously, he doesn't have to pick himself. He's the captain, so he's on the team. KD is not on the team. How he's is injured. This an over, how'd they overlook this? So LeBron had two players before KD got to select one. Himself, and I, then he got the first pick. And so it created a weird situation at the end of the first round. where you, The first round of the draft, you only have the starters to draft, you know? You have to draft all the starters before the reserves. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. You can't dip into the reserves until Andrew Wiggins has been picked. And so <laughs> uh, it, it saved Andrew Wiggins. It's kind of... Uh, asymmetrical setup because instead of Andrew Wiggins being the last guy, there were two last guys who just got automatically put onto KD's team because, like I said, LeBron had five That's and KD nice had three. Way to do it. I feel like they usually do that like at the very end. Yeah, too, did not embarrass the, the guys. Yeah, and yeah. so the last two starters to be picked were Trey Young and Wiggins. So we can't say Wiggins was the last starter picked, but he was one of the last two, you know, so he got kind of picked. uh, The team got picked for him there. I think LeBron has drafted a way better team, by the way. LeBron is apparently four and oh so far in uh, drafting all star teams. And I think he's going to go five and oh because he picked a much better team. But uh, in terms of the Timberwolves stuff, more interestingly, we have uh, team Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. okay, he gets to the round where you're drafting reserves. His first pick for a reserve, Devin Booker. Mm. Can't argue with that. He should be a starter. LeBron was upset. He was like, oh, I can't believe you got Booker. <laughs> Second pick, Carl Anthony Towns, which wow. is great because the last time this happened, Cat was pretty far down. He was one of the last guys picked in the All-Star draft. So it just goes to show he's getting some respect. He got picked. Uh, Put some respect on my name. That's Remember. right. Uh, there was a lot of bigs on the board, and, and Kevin Durant said, I need a big here, and he went with Cat. you know. Sorry, <laughs> Rudy. Carl Anthony and so uh, what's even more exciting, though, is the next pick after Towns, Zach Levine. Oh, ho, ho, ho. So now team 
Kevin Durant is going to be the Timber Pups reunion. Amazing. We got Wiggins, Levine, and Towns all together again, all in the same squad. Oh, there's the, uh, I can see the press photo, and I can see like the photo now of them. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, before I can't the game wait. in their jerseys, they'll be wearing the same jersey. They'll all the playing same for numbers. the All Star. All playing for the same All Star team, eight, just like we always envisioned. Twenty two, three All Stars. Uh, <laughs> Finally happened. Yeah, exactly. And there's uh, some other weird chemistry stuff too. Obviously, Devin Booker and Cat are close friends, but the same team has. Cat, Embiid, and Rudy Gobert. What? That's going to be some weird chemistry in the locker room. So uh, I, I think, unfortunately, the looks like Cat got drafted to the losing team. Like I said, LeBron has a much better team. But it's it's very cute to have Wiggins and Levine and Towns on the same team. I, uh, it's, it's more fun than I expected out of this all-star team. So I'm very happy with that. That's going to be great. Yeah, and then Carl Towns also um, you know, announcing this week that uh, he will be part of uh, All-Star Saturday Night and the three-point uh, shootout, I believe is what they I will, call it. I want to say one more thing, though, about the draft, oh. which is that the funniest thing was that no one wanted to draft James Harden. <laughs> the, the Harden, uh, yeah, the Harden elephant in the room. And so, like, as it got to the bottom of the draft, uh, like, AD was making excuses, like, I need size on my team. Yeah, so I'm going to pick, pick Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And so, like, everyone's the whole inside crew is cracking up. LeBron's laughing so hard he has to cover his face with a clipboard. And KD's stonewalling it. He's keeping a, uh, you know... Wait, keep, so was he the last reserve picked? Harden? Uh, Harden was the last one. He got automatically put on LeBron's team. It's cold. Because it came down to Rudy Gobert and Harden, and KD was like, I'm going Rudy. No way I'm going to get Harden. <laughs> and so the inside guys know what's happening. They're cracking all these jokes. KD's keeping his stone face. But the only time he broke and started laughing really hard was when uh, – they were asking like, "Oh, is is Harden injured?" Uh, LeBron was like, "He's not playing, is he?" Like, I I, I thought Harden was injured. He's he's not healthy and playing. And he's missed the last four Charles games. goes, "He's on a new team. He's healthy tonight." He's, or something. He was making yeah. jokes about like, "Now he's healthy. Now that he's off the nets, he's healthy." And it got such a big laugh that even Katie broke up laughing about it. So I just thought that was like. A really funny, entertaining aspect of the All Star draft that we don't normally get of KD like trying everything he can do to avoid having James Harden on his team. Yeah, the drama of the trade deadline finds its way to the All Star game as well. That's why they moved up the All Star game, or they moved they moved uh, the trade deadline before it. Yep. Because like five years ago, they had the um, Demarcus Cousins situation where he was traded um, like during the. <laughs> During the All Star break or something, yeah, that was bad. Uh, good times. But yeah, Speaking Saturday night, teams. Towns will be shooting three pointers um, as fast as he can. He's going to be firing them from all these different racks around uh, around the rim. And uh, Towns says that he has done this before. He says that he has uh, been in lots of three point contests, you know, before he made it into the NBA. Um, so you know, we've had lots of bigs in the game before. Uh, you know, uh, our old friend Kevin Love. Famously won one of the best Timberwolves All Star moments ever. Do you think it's the number one? No, KG winning MVP in an All Star game. Right. I think is number one. But then probably love no. beating Kevin Durant. I mean that was great, and I'll always remember it. But it doesn't replace either of Zach's slam dunk contests. Good point. Those Good are point. legendary. I will always remember those slam dunk contests. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is a higher moment. But Kevin Love, I think, was it was a great moment. More improbable. Maybe they have it on display in Mayo Clinic Square. You <laughs> can go look a, at that trophy. If more you want. of an upset, maybe. But uh, Carl will be up against uh, Desmond Bain, Fred Van Vliet, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, C.J. McCollum, Patty Mills, and uh, 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 Young. Who Who's young? Um, uh, he plays for Atlanta. What's his first name? He plays for Atlanta. Uh, He's it, a point it's guard. something that sounds like a three-pointer. Trey Young. Trey yeah, Young. Yeah, that's right. Trey. Trey. Shoots Trace. 
he's in there too. So that's who it's going to be. So Towns by far is the only big in this game, right? There's no one even close. Like, and you did a little research. You looked up how many bigs have won in history. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, it's just Dirk and it's just Dirk and Kevin Love, really. Yep. I mean, I I, I mean I, Kevin Durant's seven feet, but we don't consider him a big. Yeah, he's, I kind of had to use my own judgment of yeah. like players who are like post players or like paint players through sure. history, and there's not that many. There's only like five or six. So um, we'll see. I think uh, I'm a little worried. I think that Towns doesn't have a quick enough release. You know, he's he that, set shot, that set shot is encouraging, but like also. I feel like we see Cat take a lot from the top of the key, and I've seen him take corner threes, but it's not really where his it's volume comes from. So I'm really excited to see how he does. It's just a completely different world of shooting three pointers and like a contest where you have to sink 25 in like 30 seconds versus like in a game. It's completely different context. Yeah, but but according to him, he's done it before. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, so that'll be fun. That's uh, it's fun. Put more. yourself out there. You know, some guys are afraid of looking dumb. I know. I feel like every year we do something on this show where we're like, who who's most likely to be an All Star Saturday Night contestant? Yep. And we're always like trying to figure out if any. But like, I think last year we were like thinking Beasley would be in the three point contest or like Ant would chance. be in Skills yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they have announced Skills. So maybe, they did actually. It's great. Oh. It's oh. great what they have going on. Did they do it tonight. They have, no, they they announced it like a week ago. They have three teams. They have uh, Team Antetokounmpo. It's all three Antetokounmpo brothers. Oh. They have Team Cavs, which is Garland, Jared Allen, and I forget who the third Cav player is. Wait, this is where they dribble the yes. ball around? Yeah, there's three teams now. The, the skills competition. So it's like a relay? It, it's, you have to like, tag the next guy and then he goes? Probably, yeah. Because usually it's, it's one-on-one. Three it's like, teams of three, so yeah, I guess so. And then the last team, I think, is rookies. You got like huh. Cade Cunningham That's and like fun. two other rookies. So That's cool. It's like Team Rookies versus Team Cavs versus Team Antetokounmpo's. And I really so like that. I just love it. I, I love like it. Team Cavs as like the uh, you know as the home the home uh, host. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, yeah, there's they have three. <laughs> I was well, I was like they had three exciting players who were kind of flirting with all-star status. Only one of them Garland gets to go, but like Allen has an all-star case. So I thought it was a way of them kind of being like, you yeah. know, you guys have a lot of good all star. No, Ante- Kumpo brothers is the weird one. <laughs> I love it. I just want more. Like, let's do Holiday Brothers Plumleys, next year. Yeah. Let's do let's let's get weird, let's you know? Go for let's it. get a, a team of retired players to play. Like, come on. Yeah. But uh, maybe next week we'll talk more predictions or more. Um, I guess, no, we're, later in the show, we're talking all star predictions. Yeah. Um, but the game is uh, next weekend. So we'll have a little time before this if there's any more developments. Before we move on, there's one more all star thing I want to talk about real Ooh. quick, which is the Rising Stars game. Two. Timberwolves in it represent it used to be the only part of the all-star weekend the Timberwolves would really own is the all-star is the rising stars because we always have so many yeah it was, promising uh, young high draft two, picks. two weeks ago it was your wolfie and then last week That's we right. talked about uh, Jaden being in there but I think they have the teams now, now they right? have the yeah. teams and number one pick Neil number one overall pick oh wow. your Anthony Edwards ever heard of him no way Anthony Edwards got picked number one I mean it was we, we said it was either going to be you know him or ball well, I bet I'd be a one from day one yeah I saw I forget what website did a redraft of that draft and Ant went fifth they picked like Lamelo, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and one other guy before him. And I was oh, like, I see of the two drafts. Yeah, yeah and right. I was like, no way, I'd still put Ant number one, number one in my heart, number one on my team. But anyways, he went number one. And honestly, looking at all the teams, Team Isaiah, uh, he really picked the best team. Isaiah I think. Thomas, and yeah. that's the team that Edwards is on. Yeah, right? he picked Edwards. He's got Sadiq Bay. He's got Desmond Bain, Precious Achua, Tyler Tyrese Halliburton. Isaiah Stewart, and then Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy's the D-League guy. Hmm. Otherwise, oh, all those guys are like starters. All those guys are like starting for their NBA teams. Yeah, that's a solid team. And Some then, of these uh, guys didn't really get the assignment. I thought Team Gary Payton started out well. They went LaMelo, Scotty Barnes, and then it all fell apart. Jaden is on that team. Yeah, he's going to be catching some ball passes. I would have surrounded LaMelo with 
a bunch of shooters and guys who can catch alley-oops. And I'm not sure which one Jaden is, but uh, <laughs> he's both. I don't think that's a great team. I think James Worthy's got the second best team, but I think Anthony Edwards team is like pretty easily the best team. So I imagine we're going to watch him uh, ball out on yeah. All-Star Friday night. Yeah, that new format's going to be really fun to watch. Looking forward to that. All right, next topic. He's on fire! Oh, he's on fire. D'Lo, he's sometimes on fire. He was on fire in uh, Sacramento, our latest game, and uh, he was created some controversy. Scott, uh, earlier in the week, um, after the Wolves won, uh, he mentioned, uh, you know, the fans. And, uh, you know, I forget exactly what the context of the quote was, but he was asking about, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if it was just like hitting threes or he was asked about something and, and, and sort of what it did for the team. And he said, yeah, and it gets uh, quiet-ass Target Center fans up off their seats or something like that. So. It's just not Minnesota's way. It just isn't. <laughs> to make things easy. Everything's got to be hard. And everything's got to be nail biting. That's right. There it is. Uh, that's, one, it's Jim. just it's just not our way. We're not cheerers, you know. It's something that's always been a little bit of a problem in Minnesota sports. I remember uh, it was actually the 2010 playoffs with the Twins when they were in the playoffs. Target Field, New Field, a bunch of people paying big money for those playoff seats, and people were saying it's a really bad fan environment because you would stand up in your seat because you know it's two strikes and it's two outs oh, yeah. and everyone get on your feet and cheer for the pitchers and people would be like pulling on shirts, be like, excuse me. Excuse me, can you sit down? Uh, You're standing up. I can't see. I paid a lot of money for these seats. And so, like, I remember a lot of Twins fans were turned off because they are like, it's really upsetting that you can't even stand and cheer at the game without having people pull at you. And I've experienced the same thing at Timberwolves games. I'm 6'2". You know, you're even taller. And I always feel guilty when I stand up. And a lot of times I'll jump up and then I'll sit down real quick because I'm like, I don't want to ruin, you know, the night of the people sitting behind me. I get really self-conscious about that. And I think that's part of the Minnesota mindset that is affecting fans, you know. Some people just want to sit down and then other people don't want to sit down, but they feel guilty. They've got that Minnesota nice kind of like guilt. I I don't want to ruin it for the guy behind me. I don't want a confrontation where I even have to talk to him. So I'm not even going to chance the idea that he won't like me standing up. So, you know, it's it, there's a lot of problems with the Minnesota fan base. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Like uh, something that goes beyond Timberwolves fans and transcends into just statewide, you know, sports fans, where you don't want to inconvenience those around you, and it affects your your cheering uh, abilities in, in that kind of way. I mean, this is a little bit different. You're just talking about standing. You don't have to be standing to cheer loud. You yeah, know what I mean, like you don't, D-Lo but... was just talking about the sound. He didn't say like no one is standing. He said no one is cheering. You're louder when you're on your feet. You know, that's yeah, the kind can, of thing. You if you're project. all on your feet, you're all you're all making noise. And if you're you're sitting down, you're just not going to make as much. Your noise. diaphragm is opened up more, and you can. I don't think it's any coincidence that the best fan section in all of Minnesota is Lynx games. Obviously, the Timberwolves are going to try something. D'Lo and Jim Pete <laughs> had a little conversation online. They decided they're going to try to implement something that the Lynx did, which is you stand on your feet until the home team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, score a bucket. And it is really fun. It's and the Lynx idea. fans are the smartest basketball fans uh, in in the state because they're all paying attention. They know the game. They know when to cheer. They know when to boo, you yeah. know, stuff like that. They are really dialed in, yeah. Whereas I feel like most Minnesota fans, just because of the past decade plus of really bad sports teams and not a lot of sports success in the market, I think fans of kind of forgotten how to act uh, in a crowd for a good team. I think we're all just like, oh, all of our teams stink. We don't know what to do with ourselves anymore. We've forgotten how to cheer. That's it. I mean, that that is the main thing is the team's been so bad for so long that you know, there's not the, the the super fans who are going to be cheering a lot are few and far between, and there haven't been that many moments to cheer loudly about. I think it's just as simple as that. And then you add in, I think there's another element, which is just like, 
I think the the thing about the links is too is like the people sitting in the lower level links games are like the biggest fans, whereas like with the other sports, point. they're all great the point. biggest fans are priced out of sitting close. So because it's so expensive, you know, especially NBA games, it's more just like this white collar kind of like, yeah, we're here and we're having a good time, but we don't really care who wins or loses that much. Yeah, I came, we, I came to see the guy on the other team. Yeah, I came or, to see yeah, LeBron. We want the Minnesota team to win, but like we're not gonna like you're saying stand up for that, right. you know. So I think there is sort of a it's a sort of a financial like sort of like different kind of market of people that just like they're just not as concerned about what's happening on the. I floor. I was thinking about this though at a recent game. You look up in the upper deck and you see all these people up there. I'm like, they should do cheering sections for different sections like if you're in the southwest corner you get three sections you are the cat fan club and, oh, and we have yeah. a cheer like a soccer cheer where it's a little chant or something we do <laughs> and that's different from the delo fan section on the other side they have their own unique cheering traditions and that way you kind of get this buy-in like i'm a member of this group it makes it fun to sit in the upper section because you're like i gotta sit with the crazy cat fan section you know yeah, I like and i that. think it's a way of keeping those people engaged like you said the hardcore fans are up there yeah and i think that just like giving personality to different sections giving them their own tasks and you know cheering the tunes and chants i think that would go a long way to making it louder but all of this stuff really can't happen if the team is bad so i feel like that's just like that's where it starts right it starts with the team having putting a product on the floor that's worth cheering about and that's here now and that's great and we just i think most wolves fans are saying uh let's let's see a little consistency here right let's uh it's great that they're winning they're playing defense now but like what if you're talking about making this a lasting change it has to be a culture of sort of winning and at least just sort of like better fans. That's the other thing the links have going for them. It's like all those fans come out because they know they're probably going to win that night. You know, yeah, and so, absolutely. So. Well, yeah, there there is a you know that's why you don't want to develop bad habits is they're hard to yeah. break. But after two decades of losing, the bad habits are here and they're going to be really hard to break. So <laughs> yep. we got to do it a little bit. I know it can get loud. We've talked on the podcast before about how loud the arena gets with "Ref, you suck." It's the only chant that really gets loud. It's the only chant from the crowd you ever hear is "Ref, you suck" because or Minnesota fans. <laughs> Minnesota fans know how to take umbrage with the referees, you know, talk about Vikings fans about that. They're always getting screwed by the refs. And so I think like we do know the arena can get really loud when we're booing refs. Let's just bring that same energy when we're cheering our team, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just need to, uh, you know, maybe offer offer some uh, cherry berry or some uh, Arby's potentially. I think also, you know, and I don't think this takes away from Delo's point. It doesn't take away from John Kay, who kind of uh, Krasinski argued the opposite in the athletic. I only got to skim that before today's pod. I'm going to read it in full later. He kind of gave all the reasons why. He Like, hey, you don't know the tortured history of what we've been through and kind of explained it. So there's count, point and counterpoint kind of thing there. But I think that... Uh, another aspect to this is COVID. Everyone's wearing masks in the arena. And I think it it also takes away the ability to high five people around you and, you know, cheer really loudly when you got a mask on. So that's also just a little downer. All right, we'll do our best, Dilo. Okay, we're trying. Okay, thanks for bringing it up, though. I appreciate it. It's a good, I it's really a good, appreciate it's a good conversation. It. More starter. people should say it, and, and like I like it. And also, like he 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 did did a dig at the fans, but not in an offensive way. It wasn't really a put down at all. He just stated a fact, and I think that having the courage to say something that's even minorly controversial about the fans, like and you could see by the overreaction of fans, you know, this week that it, it is a risk struck to do a that. Chord. Yeah, but a chord. I, I'm glad he said it because I couldn't agree more with him. Yeah, totally. All right, onward to. Our our sponsor, everybody. Let's pay some bills. Today, we bring you a special update from Arby's, your favorite hat logo sandwich shop. As you may know, the fine folks at Arby's have sponsored the Minnesota Timberwolves for years. If the team makes 12 three-pointers in any regular season game, all fans receive an iconic, delicious, mouth-watering Arby's beef and cheddar. 
it's a good deal. A little too good. You see, here at Arby's, we dedicate our time and effort to creating a high-quality fast food experience. We're constantly innovating, trying to reach for new heights and find our next hit item. The curly fries and Jamocha shakes are two examples of our commitment to excellence. We have to admit, we don't know much about basketball, including, as it turns out, how many three-point shots the Minnesota Timberwolves would attempt per game. Frankly, it's gotten out of control. In addition to the worldwide supply chain issues brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, this promotion has drastically affected our ability to keep up with demand for those yummy, beefy, cheesy sandwiches. So, we're here to announce a change in the We Have the Threes campaign. The new number is 24. It's the only way for us to avoid bankruptcy. But don't worry, Timberwolves fans, with rangy sharpshooters like Carl Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Malik Beasley on the team, you'll likely hit 24 threes a few times before the year is done. And to up the ante, we've decided to reward all fans with a Sabaro franchise. We've got a ton of those still laying around. They're yours if the team nails two dozen threes in a game. We understand that Sabaro's ZD pasta is bad, but so is Arby's going out of business. Go Wolves! Thank you to Arby's for their support of Wolvescast. Up next, time to predict it. We'll predict it. We'll predict it. We'll predict it. We got a crystal ball up in here. We'll predict it. We'll predict it. We'll predict it. We're making educated guesses about future events. Everyone, just to keep our sponsors happy, I need to correct an error. Okay. Uh, this, is my, this is not my bad. It's Neil's bad, but I'll clean it up for him. He referred to the sandwich as a beef and cheddar. It's a beef and cheddar. Beef, beef and cheddar. Beef and it's cheddar. not the and 64. It's the N64. I regret the the error. Also, there. man, you want to talk about bad Sabaro, it's the Stromboli. Whew, that's, that's not very good, but... We love our beef and cheddar. I can't even spell that, but uh, we're going to get some predictions here. Predictions here, Scott, and uh, right before uh, the end of the year 2021, we made predictions uh, that would basically uh, happen in uh, in a 10 day period. We said, I think we recorded the show on uh, December 23rd, and we said before the new year, yeah. what do we predict will happen? So first, we want to get you caught up with some of those. Also, this was in like the height of the team's COVID outbreak, by the way. Oh, yeah, it was. It, that's that's and you'll see that in some of these predictions. Um, so I'll start here. Um, I predicted that Jared Vanderbilt would uh, make another three before uh, before the 2021 was out. And uh, it didn't happen. He ended up only playing one game the rest of uh, the calendar year and did not attempt a three. He's two of 11 on the season. Haven't seen one in a long time from uh, from uh, Jared Vanderbilt there, so looking forward to the Let's next see, Maybe one. you can double down and say end of the season. <laughs> one more? One more. Oh, I mean, I see would. if it happens. Yeah, I should. All right, well, my prediction was that somebody other than Finch will coach a game. Once again, this was really betting heavily on the COVID aspect. I thought, you know, it's gone through the team. Why hasn't it gone through the coaching staff? But uh, A lot of coaches were going down. Yeah. There was one team that, like, their assistant went down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Finch has the good uh, immunity. I like that. He's got the you know he's got the strong uh, health system in his yeah, body. It's good to get that immuno system. So mm. happy it didn't happen. Uh, although I love the interviews, the halftime interviews this month. Pablo Prigioni. I wouldn't mind oh, listening so to him as head coach for a game. Yeah, there you go. So good. All right, I predicted that Anthony Edwards would score forty. He was like just come, or uh, I think someone was. I think Towns was out or something like that. So I predicted that uh, you know Ant would uh, pick up the slack there and score forty. Um, he didn't. He didn't score forty in that week, but he did it like uh, you know a few weeks later. He uh, he got forty in Portland uh, on uh, January twenty fifth. So it happened, but not in the right time frame. So that, sorry, that's that's a that's a, I got that one wrong. No, we're not playing the yeah, embarrassing playing buzzer the sounds. There it is. Uh, but once again, we've talked about a night that will live in history on this podcast. This is wild that you called this Nate Night Night. That is the double double. Once again, kind of a prediction on health. Uh, Nate Knight hadn't really played more than like a minute in a game when I made this prediction, but I... Nathan or Nate, and he said Nate. That's right, Nate Knight. <laughs> I predicted Nate Knight would get a double-double. He did it. He did it against Boston. It was like... 20 and 11. It really let me know why painful gamble on games. Having the game within a game. Like, it was an exciting game for the Timberwolves. We, we were down all of our guys and we beat the Boston Celtics, but... It One was, of the games of the season. Oh, yeah, totally. So much fun. But what made it even more fun was tracking his rebounds in game, being like, oh, man, he's two rebounds away. Oh, man, he's one rebound away. I'm going to get this predicted. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah... I don't think he's really been close since then, but nope. yeah, that was his night. So um, shout out to Nate. I like seeing him in there. I will take it. Um, all right. So then we had some, we're going to update you on some uh, long-term predictions that we've had all year uh, here. We each have one that we've been, uh, we've been tracking and then we'll uh, add a couple to that. I predicted that uh, Anthony Edwards uh, true shooting will be um, at or above the league average of 55%. And he's right there still 555 as of today, and that's despite uh, you know a couple couple of stinkers, a couple uh, you know tough little tough stretch he's been going. Sounds through, like so. he's got some sore knees. I really hope he's not playing through an injury. You know, like, yeah. just rest him. Needs, you know? needs some rest. Hopefully, this probably would have been the week to rest him. Anyways, you have the soft schedule. Like, why didn't you just let him sit out? It was really disturbing how he played really poorly in the first of the two Sacramento games. Yeah. He really brought it in the second game though, and yeah, brought it back. You got to imagine with how good this team has been regarding players' health. That I mean, Anthony would probably have to be lying to get out on the court if he had any kind of injury risk but yeah, really. uh, it's interesting is it 55% or is it whatever is the league average at the end of the season yeah we don't I think really, it's 55% I'm saying 55 because I think that's what it was last year yeah I so like it's that usually right around there so I guess we could do it but I think we'll, we'll set it at 55 yeah so. uh, it's on pace I can't wait to see that continue yeah. going yeah. hopefully he you know gets the free throw line some more and ups that true shooting percentage mm-hmm. uh, my prediction was that two players will make 203 pointers and has never been done I mean, in you're franchise get history this. it's just a matter of how many yeah I think uh, Beasley's like 10 three-pointers away from being the leader in franchise history, surpassing Kevin Love, who's at like 174 or something like that. So no Timberwolf has ever hit 200. I said uh, two are going to do it this season. Three are on pace to hit 200. Um, Beasley, you know, he's leading the pack. He's got 163. Edwards come from behind. Oh, yeah. Edwards took the lead, but Beasley's been hot lately. And Edwards has been a little cold. But Edwards is still on pace. He's got 152 threes. And Russell, he'll have to keep really shooting them, but he's at 124. So all three of them are on pace to make it. Towns is falling behind. He only has. This was surprising to me that he only has a 102 right now. Yeah. I mean, the last five games. His shooting has really dropped off the last two or three weeks and so he's gonna have to pick it back up I don't think he's gonna get it but that's why I didn't predict four wolves I only predicted two so yeah I did the math he's got he needs to make 98 more threes in 27 games that's uh three about three and a half per game and he's only averaging 2.1 per game so he's gonna have to really go on a run or maybe it just takes like two weeks of super hot shooting kind sure. of like Beasley's had to I would really welcome it because it I, I miss it you know uh, yeah. Towns keep shooting them man 
All right, so let's make some new predictions here. We have two um, categories. We have All-Star Weekend predictions and then the rest of the season predictions. So let's get it going with the with the All-Star stuff here, Scott. I'm going to predict the Carl Towns will make the finals of the Mountain Dew three-point contest. Don't forget the, the um, you know, you got oh, other sponsor. The we have Clorox, the Clorox Rising Stars game, yeah. Yeah, we got Ma- And Mountain Dew now is MTN Dew. It is not. It is not the full word. It is the brand name is M T N space D E W all caps. You still say Mountain Dew. I drink way too much Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's a really bad habit. Wow. I got out of soda for a few years, and now I fell back in hard. Brave for you to admit. They started it. putting Baja Blast in stores for a while, and it really just sunk my ship. But, I think uh, in Vegas you can get like booze Dew. You can get. I like did Baja at the Taco Bell. I got the yardstick of the Baja Blast, and you and they it's like a yardstick of Baja Blast, like slushy, and then they ask you what shots of alcohol you want, and so I put like a rum and a vodka shot. But you could do all the different kinds. Yeah, no, you know, or something like that. Maybe it wasn't rum, but it's it, like was too, it was too. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and it was delicious. So. And shout out to Vegas for that. All right. My prediction, yeah, about Towns making the finals, I'm just kind of just parroting what he said. He said he's done this a lot, and he's always made the finals but never won the contest, like in the past when he's done like high school and stuff. So I think that's going to happen again. The top three make it to the finals out of – Eight, I think. Um, so all you got to do is make that final. So I don't know. I kind of think that like predicting him to win the whole thing is a little far fetched. It's totally possible. I mean, I think any of these guys can win it. But I think, especially for him, he I think he's got a lot of pride. He won the skills contest that one That's year, right. and I feel like he was just like all about being the big and doing that. I think. He's never done this in the NBA before, so I think he's going to be and, – and I guess that you could say that about a lot of the guys in the contest this year. It's going to be their first time, so they're really going to be going hard. But I think Towns is going to prove something as the center, as the seven-footer in the in the, in the the thing and stuff. So I think he's going to really go hard and at least get to the finals. But I'm not predicting a win. Uh, I'm not predicting a loss either. Just uh, my prediction is he's going to make the finals. The uh, Towns skill challenge was the last fun skill challenge because it was team bigs versus team smalls. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. Bigs, like boogie. the bigs took it way more seriously as yeah. a bead and boogie and Draymond, another maybe maybe Giannis yeah. or something yeah, but they yeah, were yeah. all celebrating together and like hugging at midcourt awesome. when cat won it it was great really fun uh so yeah uh Neil and I are from Farmington and it was once known as the most Mountain Dew drank oh, per yeah. capita That's right. Mountain Dew sponsored our summer festival Mountain Dew Days Mountain it used Dew to be called so now shout just, out Farmington just, Dew days. just Dew days no more Pepsi <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings me to my All-Star Weekend uh, prediction. This is a fun one. We talked about it earlier. We got three of the Timber Pups, best friends forever, back on the same team. Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns reunited at last. I'm guessing, I'm predicting that there will be an alley-oop between two of them. I don't know if it's going to be a Towns to Wiggins alley-oop. It's probably going to be a Towns to Levine alley-oop. But you know what? I can see it being Levine to Wiggs. They all have good chemistry. So I think that one former Wolf will set up another Wolf. I, you know, Or one current Wolf sets up a former Wolf. Either way, one of these Timber Pups will alley-oop another one. I love that. That's going to be really fun. Something to watch for there. Uh, yeah. I'm sure the Timberwolves social media team is already composing some tweets around. Sure, it. they've already got the they've already got the copy ready to go on those. Blast out those uh, super funds. Okay, so those are our All Star Weekend predictions. Now let's make some predictions uh, that we can uh, just track here for the rest of the year, or just kind of anything, just general anything goes here. Uh, my prediction is the Timberwolves will finish in the top 15 in both offense and defensive rating via cleaning the glass. Um, this one's a little tricky. I mean, uh, right now, as it stands, like as we mentioned earlier, the offensive rating is on the rise. You know, it started way down at the bottom, and now it's all the way up to ninth. 
defense kind of going the other way. You know, it was in the top top five, and you know it's kind of creeping down a little bit slowly. It's at twelve right now, but I don't think that they're going to drop that defense down too much farther. And I think the offense is kind of here to stay. So I think those things will kind of even out, and they'll kind of maybe be you know somewhere between ten and fifteen in each of those numbers. So yeah, that's my prediction for uh, for the rest of the season, and we can uh, we'll just be that's an easy one to track, and it'll be via clean glass. So we'll keep an eye on that one for the rest of the season. What about you, Scott? What are you, what are you going to predict for the rest of the season? All right, well, I like this prediction. Once again, this is kind of a fan side of things. It's less about the Timberwolves, more from a fan aspect. We care about do. the it's jerseys. And I think that, you know, at the end of the season, I think there's a kind of a, you have to wear the green jersey so many games per season. But we've kind of hit those requirements. Statement Saturday. I, I, a lot of times you see at the end of a season, the team just wears the jersey they like them most over and over again. So I think that of all the remaining games, the remix jersey will be the jersey we wear the most. I think that we're going to see a a lot of it in the final couple weeks. I'll keep tally. I'll keep track. And uh, we'll see. I, I predict that for the rest of the season, the remix jersey will be our most worn uniform. I like that. And I think something happens kind of later in the year where I think some of that stuff, I don't know if it's like fle- more flexible or something like that, but sometimes I feel like I can see those jerseys a little bit more often uh, later in the season. So. I, it reminds me of the year we went to the playoffs with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. We, we wore the gray uh, city edition, the very first city edition. We wore the gray ones for like two weeks. They had like a the winning playoffs. streak and they're like, yeah, let's yeah. keep and then this. we wore them every game of the Rocket Series. Mm-hmm. Which in hindsight is like, oh, why? But it's like, they're winning. So, yeah. <laughs> or I guess it, not in the series, but you know, at the end of the season they yeah. were. So that I think they won game 182 or game 82 in that, right? Yeah. So they were like, today's episode 182. So that's what that Ooh. is. <laughs> no, that's, why, that's why I flubbed that one. But yeah, there you go. Okay, so remix jerseys. Uh, so, so we got, uh, we got uh, let's see, there's 50. Where are we at now? What did I say we were at? 20, well, Towns has 27 more games. Yeah, 20, there's 27 games left. So that will be the most worn. So maybe, you know, eight times, six times, something yeah. like that. And see, I wouldn't even be surprised if we got to 10. Wow. There you go. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's one we can track. I don't know how well, <laughs> I don't know if they show that anywhere. If we have to track it by hand. I know there's some <laughs> websites, sports logo, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. that keeps track of baseball uniforms. I'll see if oh, they cool. do NBA. Nice. There you go. That is uh, predict it, you guys. Crystal ball. We got to put that thing away. We looked into it. We updated you on, uh, on how we're doing. It hasn't been too bad of a year for us as far as the predictions go. So I like that. So uh, awesome. Let's uh, let's keep the show moving. Onward to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right, time to hand out these trophies. Some, I wonder sometimes if we should go to, to plaques or medals, Scott. Do you ever do you ever think that you know instead of trophies we could give out you know another kind of like physical award? Do you think do you think we've done trophies for too long? I guess is what I'm wondering. Uh, no, not at all. I want okay. it to be cumbersome because yeah. the thing is that you put plaques, you could fill a whole wall with plaques. You you put uh-huh. medals, you know, hand them off a shelf. Trophies you need to make space for. Trophies uh-huh. are... Big, they're big, too. You have to commit to displaying them, and they uh, are a conversation piece. They're not wall art, you know? Mm-hmm. They are a statue that's in your house. Fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Okay, we'll keep the trophy thing going. I'll get us started. I mean, it's killing us financially on the post sure. but... Yeah, that's we're okay. not doing this for the money. No, no, that's that's what the sponsors are for. That's right. Um, all right, I'll get started here with weekly Wolfies, and uh, I want to shout out. Uh, this, this might come off as a little brown nosing, but I want to give uh, a shout out to uh, Canis Hoopus uh, editor in chief Kyle Tiggy mm. right now. Scott, this is uh, uh, something that I've been thinking about for a while. Kind of had this one in my back pocket, but um, the Dane Moore podcast is very good, and uh, I usually listen whenever there's a guest, and Britt Robson's on every week or something like that. So that's great. But 
But if you ever listen to the Dane Moore show when Kyle Teige is on on it, um, it is the the fun of the show is just like cranked up a lot more. Kyle is a very um, a very fun person. He is uh, very lighthearted. He's quick. He's always got a good pun or he's got um, you know a ridiculous sort of analogy to make and stuff like that. And uh, so I really enjoy uh, that. And then also his Twitter account is really good. And uh, hey, just more than anything else, he's uh, he's a great steward of. Uh, of uh, you know the Canis Hoopus um, organization right now, so he's doing a great job at the website, empowering people. I know he always um, you know keeps me going, uh, you know from a, from a links perspective and telling me that he enjoys the work and stuff. So I really like him as a guy, uh, just as a person, as a friend. He actually came out to see my band Cuckoo Kangaroo in Portland a few years ago, where he lives, and uh, so I've had the pleasure of meeting him. He's a good person. I'm kissing a little butt right here, but uh, we had him on the pod last January yeah, right. yep. uh, for a quarter season report. Yeah. Played a fun. Uh, <laughs> what I do with the editors and chiefs is we always have Neil see if he can spell better than the editors and chiefs during the games. Tim Rolls player name spelling bee. So that was episode 149. If you want to go back and listen to that, it still holds up. Yeah. So uh, we'll link to Kyle's Twitter account in uh, the show notes, and uh, yeah, make sure you check. And out if you see that Wolves cast is the A one spot on Canis Hoopas tomorrow for most of the day, you'll know why. <laughs> We will know. Featured uh, prominently. Absolutely. All right. Uh, that's that's mine. Scott, what do you have for Wolfies this week? Well, you know, I wonder why Disney and Star Wars haven't done a Wordle, but with our brush lettering? No. I mean, oh. that's an idea for Disney. I just want to put it in the airwaves. Uh, I was going to, you know, I, we we gave D'Lo his flowers earlier. He would definitely get a nod if we didn't talk about it, because I'm 100% with what you're saying, D'Lo. But we already shouted that out. Also, I was going to say this during the week recap, so I'm sneaking it in here. Bally, almost on the block again for another disparaging one. Uh, second, uh, the Sunday uh, Pistons game, couldn't watch it. Replay was so screwed up, it kept jumping to the end. And if you, like, moused through it, kind of, to see the scenes, like, even in the preview, it was all choppy. Like, it was like, you get the first quarter, and then the first quarter plays again, and then you have the halftime show, and then, like, this. it was it was a glitched-out <laughs> file. And so, like, I tried several days this week to try and watch it. Could not. Thanks, Bally Sports. I pay for this. This uh, privilege, uh, this uh, privilege is air quotes, everyone, to uh, watch Timberwolves games. That's the only reason I pay you, and yet <laughs> I can't even watch a game. So, uh, way to suck at the only thing you're doing. The Kings re- replay was a really glitchy feed. It would lag, and then it would go really, really fast for a while, and like it would drop out sound and stuff. And it was just like... I, th- I feel like they're really letting it go. I think they've gotten to the point where they just don't care. They kind of see the end in sight for them. Uh, you know, they're like, we're going to go bankrupt and this has been bad. So we're really going to stop trying, which makes me very scared about whether or not I'm going to be able to watch the last like 30 games of the season because <laughs> ba- Bally really does not care at all if you get to watch it anymore. So uh, good luck with that app, man. God, sucks. All right. Uh, but let's do a happy Wolfie. This goes to user U slash Wolves plug. That is a Reddit user, everybody. Uh, he started out, he was doing game day posts on Reddit, you know, making a little graphic, just uh, Wolves versus Pelicans. Here's Brandon Ingram stat. Here's Ant stats. And then he started adding a second photo to each game day preview, which is a bingo sheet, you know, which oh. is always fun. We used to run a blog for T Wolves and every game day we would do three predictions for the game. And so like, I know how much work that is to come up with that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, 82 games. It's really attractive. Uh, the graphics he does they're, they're, they look really good and now I really appreciate it. he does a weekly recap that's really put together really visually attractively and it shows uh, the standings what we did in the past week what's coming up in the next week and then three kind of pull out blurbs like who had the best week and stuff like that and it's just a really fun week recap and I, I like what he's doing he's expanding his range and uh, I know he had to stop a little bit uh, earlier in the year because he was too busy with stuff so I know that you know he's, he's doing this out of his love for the game for his love for the fans so 
shout out to Wolf's Plug. I appreciate what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Keep so it up. So it's like a Reddit page? It's a Reddit user. He's uh, frequenting the Timberwolves Reddit page, r slash Timberwolves. You go there, you'll see his images. He's posting frequently every game day, every week. All right, nice one there. And uh, yeah, we have, again, we will not be sh- um, changing to uh, medals. We're going to keep it trophies. So your oversized packages will be in the mail, folks. Um, all right, we got one more segment, and it's it's a game. That's how we end every single show of Wolf's Cast. I hope this is your first time listening, and you're delighted by the fact that uh, there's going to be a little bit of trivia here at the end. So, well, Scott, actually, if it's your have? first time listening, you'll get a kick because oh. this is a common game, one of our more frequent ones. Ooh, are we going limericks? We're going limericks, Neil. I'm going to read the limerick. You're going to try and fill in the blank at the end. Okay, this give me the last fun. word. Shout out to so WBEZ, Chicago Public Radio. Wait, wait, don't tell me. I totally stole this from you. <laughs> is it really? there like thing like i know like limericks are it, a that, limerick challenge i you know ever like since the their announcer the carl castle died i'm not sure if they've continued to do it but it was like carl's voice was so great as the announcer they had to give him yeah so. yeah i love it yeah we, all, we always give him we always shout him out so there you go all right our first limerick see actually do i get in the right order all right we're playing for wins not game throwing wolves fans excitement should be overflowing Let's show that our crowd knows how to get loud. As Delo said, keep that shit going. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, two, was two years ago? Uh, yeah, it was when he came here. It was like, his ana- I, I just got traded here. Here's my speaking to the crowd. It was like post-game. Yeah, I, I, got the, I got a wallpaper. Oh, pre-game, for actually. My phone. I got a phone wallpaper. I'm saying that. It's great. Somewhere on my phone. It's a dog. But, you know. Uh, I was wondering if I if I had just left it as Dilo said, like if you could do the whole quote, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. All right. Next one. Their era feels more like a meme, but now they're back on the same team. This reunion you see is all thanks to KD. He's keeping alive Coach Flips. Dream. Dream of Flip Saunders remains alive, everybody. (laughs) I hope it gets a reference during the game. I hope someone uh, you know listens to our show or. Has the same idea and can shout it out. I Flip Saunders. I, the late Flip Saunders put these guys together. I feel like because they're on the same team, there's definitely going to be at least one graphic of like, this is their time together or yep. something like that, you know? Yeah. Got to do it. All right. Final limerick, Neil. His dimes make us say, whoa. Yet he's not the star of the show. A 6'4 frame, ice all in his veins. We don't talk about... D-Lo. We don't talk about D-Lo, <laughs> low, low, low. Incanto. We don't talk about D-Lo. Wow. So are you just, uh, you're putting forth our, our, our next parody song? Right yes. Here? We're going to talk about it after the show. I was going to talk about it before the show, but then I was like, I'll give away the limerick. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about it. If anybody uh, can do a good impression of the Encanto song that's currently number one on the hits. That's right. Unseated Adele for number one. It's like the first Disney song to be number one in like 20 years. Yeah, since Aladdin. And then this is the joke. Lin-Manuel Miranda Oscar away from the EGOT did not submit that song for the Oscars. He submitted like the sad slow There's track. Another Encanto, yeah. He picked the worst song on the soundtrack and well, submitted his, it to the Oscars. His job? Well, I would feel like he'd have some input. I mean, yeah. he wrote the music. Sure. You know? Yeah. So either way, that uh, is crazy that they didn't know that that was like the single. Or right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just taking the airwaves by storm, especially <laughs> you know this is where a lot of streaming numbers come from. I don't have to tell you about the music business. You know uh-huh. better than me. But like my wife watches a lot of TikTok, and it's like every other TikTok has it playing sure. right now. Like, those all add up. And those all count as streams. Yep. So because it's a huge TikTok meme is another reason why it's top of the charts. Wow. Good times. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Wolf's Cast for this week. Appreciate everybody listening and uh yeah talking about uh all-star we got uh yeah we got another week before that happens 
Um, yeah, Timberwolves are, are playing well. We have uh, things get a little tougher though here. Got a fun Scott. week. Chicago Bulls. We love that. Also, I just love the the uniform matchups. They're always great. Blue and red. Awesome. Zach Levine. We love it. Oh yeah, we got a little Midwest battle here. We got Bulls. We got Pacers, and then new uh, look Pacers, and then uh, down to uh, or no home against uh, Charlotte and uh, Toronto as well. So uh, bunch of Man, games, all four games coming Hornets up. Hornets had to get Trez right before playing us. He eats Nas Reed's lunch. <laughs> yeah, he's done it for years. Trez just gobbles very up. Very similar Nasreed. players. Yeah. yeah, even down to like their look. You know, with like the longer hair. And yeah, so, I was like, talking about it in the Timberwolves Discord the other day, and I was saying that like. I think, like, obviously, Nas can do some things Trez doesn't. He shoots the three better. He's a better ball handler, better passer. Yeah. But, like, he's so inconsistent night to night. Whereas I feel like Trez is bringing that same energy. You know what he does. He offensive rebounds. He gets, you know, the dirty rebounds, puts him back up. You know, scores really well around the rim. Like, he does that every time. So, we'll see. We'll see him, uh, see him next week in Target Center. All right, that's it for Wolvescast. Appreciate everybody listening, and we'll be back next week uh, to do it all again. Hope you have a good one. Goodbye. Yeah, this game changing digital security. We can't just let anyone in here.